We've never wavered from that vision. Everything you hold worthwhile is at stake. Beyond yourself and ourselves, I have a dream. Freedom is indivisible. Uh, I took the initiative in creating the internet. That app comes with incredible rapidity. One electrical art after another. Still trying to get myself adjusted. It really is a revolution. Welcome to the Hustle Some Podcast, where we dissect the patterns of failure and success for some of the top influencers, leaders, and marketers in the world so that we can weed out what they do best and teach it to you. Today, we have Mr. John Benson. Um, welcome aboard, man. Thanks for joining us. All right. So uh, for, those, for those of you guys that are not familiar with John, uh, let's, do, let's do a quick little uh, authority blurb because I'm, I'm super excited to have you on. You're, you're one of those people that it's kind of it's kind of like you're like the special ops, right? Of marketing, in a way. I always think of it. As, it's like, uh, you know, you're you're a genuine badass. You you, you crush it, and um, you're someone who I've looked up to for a long time on your copy. So um, thrilled to have you on. But for those that maybe are not familiar with you, if you want to do a quick authority blurb, sure. Um, well, I started in the fitness space. So back in 2004, I wrote a book called Fit Over 40, and never thought I would end up as a marketer or a copywriter and end up as both. And I didn't do the copy for that page. I did the writing for the book. I've been a writer since I was in high school. So uh, the writing part came easy. So I thought copywriting would come easy. <laughs> and yeah, that wasn't the case. But uh, so I wrote the copy for my second book and it just bombed. And it was during that process that I came up with the video sales letter. So that was an invention of mine put together by like looking at this guy doing PowerPoint kind of stuff and then taking that and going, there's a much better way of doing it, which is more toward the psychology of NLP, which I was trained in. And also just the, I came from an advertising background. So black and white, that's how in red, that's how that whole thing got started is why the words were and still are in so many BSLs are highlighted in red is that that was, that was part of that original thing. So taught it to Ryan Dice and then the rest is history. Three um, XBSL became the product. I think the top copywriting product, um, definitely one of the top ones. So we've yeah. done, our clients have done over a billion dollars in sales a year from that one formula. And then that led to the creation of Email Copy Pro, which is a much more sophisticated software version in 2016. And now that just became copypro.ai. So we just launched that. And that is that is the birth of legitimate, the start of the legitimate AI copywriting for copywriters and marketers. So. I love it. So that that's that's actually spot on with the pivot that I was going to do. I was going to say let's do the the shameless plug on the front end because we're going to be we're going to be unpacking quite a bit of uh, deep psychology <laughs> stuff, NLP stuff, copy stuff. Yeah. I, I, this is going to be a a value loaded um, podcast. But okay, so I was taking a glance at CopyPro.ai, and um, let let me give kind of the, the listeners my take on this. So here here here's the reality of the situation. Right, we're getting into a era of humanity where more and more and more things are becoming automated. So the way I think of it is we had the industrial revolution and that automated kind of the physical space. Mm -hmm. Then we had the internet informational revolution and now we're applying industrial revolution principles to the internet. And um, John really is, is leading the way there with, you know, a lot of things you're doing on copypro.ar are things that like, like they kind of 
make my job useless, which I mean, I mean, I mean that in the, in the highest possible way of, you know, headline generation, right? Um, right. I, I mean, the, the smartness, if you will, which isn't a proper word at all, uh, behind the software is, is really phenomenal. So uh, can you maybe break down before we go into what it is, because I think it's fascinating. And th- those of you that are listening, I would immediately go to copypro.ai. Again, that's C-O-P-Y-P-R-O.ai. Uh, check it out. It is a artificial intelligence copywriting tool if you're interested in copywriting. But before we get into that, uh, for some of the listeners that maybe are not familiar with the impact that copy has, period. Like you and I are both pros. Mm-hmm. We get it. Um, let's say you're like a millennial and you're listening to this and all you do is you do Instagram posts, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right? Like, like, let, let, let's, let's kind of go there. Let's go to, or let, you know, startup entrepreneur that does a tech company. Right. Uh, right. I, I think for hardcore copywriters, most of them already know who you are. They're already bought in. Uh, but one of the biggest challenges that I face is when I'm talking to, you know, the younger generation or an, even, um, even more professional people like lawyers, doctors, et cetera, yeah. they don't really understand the value of copy. So, so can we maybe break that down? Sure. On, you know, maybe the way that the, the brain processes filters, uh, you can mm-hmm. throw some NLP in there. Like what's yeah. your angle behind this product for that? So uh, starting from the, the, the meta level here, uh, and this is for millennials or the lost generation or whomever may be listening to this and I'm not familiar with the terminology or especially for doctors, lawyers, dentists, chiropractors, those kind of people. The thing that is the most important thing to get across is, especially in the Instagram age, is while you've got massive in- Instagram following people, following people on Instagram, nothing more than pictures and a few words. That's not how you sell something. That's not going to be that. That's going to be the top one point point zero 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 one percent of the, the, the world will be able to sell something like that. The rest of the world responds to words and they always have, and this is nothing new. So, so this is copywriting has been around for a long time, but has been really honed since the 1930s, 40s, 50s. And it's, we're using the same techniques that Ogilvy used in the 50s and 60s and other guys are using in the 70s and 80s like John Carlton, Joe Sugarman. They're the same tactics that work. They're just applied to different mediums. So these tactics work in any medium. It doesn't matter what it is, Instagram being an exception to that, uh, but, but not totally because you can have an Instagram, Instagram picture and with the right words, you can drive a lot more clicks to where you want to go. So your first impression and the only impression that you get on a, any sort of cold traffic, on any sort of a, a click-through traffic, is going to be what the words say. E- even if it's a great picture, if, if the words don't compel someone to take action, you're not going to take action. And that's just how the brain is wired. So we're wired from birth to listen to certain phrases and words. And the reason why we avoid certain words in copywriting, um, uh, I'll give you kind of, I'm, I'm not, not to get off on a too, too much of a tangent, but I'm going to tell you how important this is. Like we've changed one word in a sub in a headline and doubled the conversion on the sales page. So they were making a dollar a sale and we made them make $2 a sale by changing one word. So my question to you is anyone that's interested in, in doing that for themselves, how much would that one word change be worth to you? If I told you, okay, I'm gonna charge you $10,000. I'm gonna write one word for you. Would you pay me? And most people would say no, <laughs> right? But if I knew for sure now, let's say I did know for sure which word that was. That would be the best $10,000 you could ever spend if you were make, if you were driving traffic. So that one word change made that company $1.6 million that year on that's one epic. word. That's epic. Now, now, that's an extreme example, but there's nothing else that changed on the page at all. 
Okay. So we put headlines above video sales letters that have triple conversions. Uh, uh, Jeff Johnson talks about this a lot. Uh, it, it just tripling conversions with, a, with nothing more than a headline on top of it. And he would change the pattern of the headline to go promise watch video to watch video promise that doubled conversion. So I can keep going on and on with examples here, but words sell words turn into cash. And if you know how to do it right, words are the most persuasive, powerful thing you can ever learn in marketing. With bar none. It's, it, it, people ask me all the time, what's the most important thing to do? Learn copywriting or get a machine like ours. <laughs> so, so you don't have to learn. But even then, I still suggest people learning copywriting because I'm not foolish enough to believe that a machine will take over the world anytime soon. What I am savvy enough to realize is that humans combining with machines are going to take over the world now. And this, this is not happening in two years is happening right now. And those humans still need to learn and, and understand the importance of words and copy. And also, uh, last thing I'll say on, on this is my most important value in copywriting. And I teach a course on this. I'm teaching it right in the middle of this whole podcast is empathy. Um, so I talk about empathy writing and I have a whole empathy exercise without empathy, your relationships suffer. Well, I think your relationships just fail flat out. You, you just don't have juice in life as a person, but you can never reach your customer without understanding how to be truly empathetic with words. It's impossible to be empathetic to a million people unless you're a copywriter, unless you have the words in front of a million people. Then you can make them feel seen, heard, understood. If you make someone seen, heard, understood, and on top of that validated, those are the four most powerful things you can do in any human interaction. You've not only got a sale, you've got a fan. So copywriting turns sales into fans. I love it. So let me, let me impact that a little bit more. So first off, when it comes to AI systems in general, you know, often I see platforms that like, if you're an expert, you don't really need it. And from what I've seen, this is very much the opposite. This is very much where the better of a copywriter that you are, you know, I've been doing this for, for about a decade now as well. And so the better that you are, the more it kind of floors you actually, when you look at, when you look at the stuff that you're doing, the more you go, wow, this is really well thought out. It's really intricate. I mean, if I could rewind 15 years and have that, that's just, you know, there's, it's always yeah. kind of that, that question, right? So, but, much, but, so much better, so much faster. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so much better, so much faster. Um, that, and, and it's got great input. You know, we've got, uh, for those of you that can't see, we got some music stuff in the background and you know, that's a topic that comes up quite a bit, right? Is copy art, is it, um, mm -hmm. you know, or is it a science? And we, we can unpack that in a little bit more, but I just wanted to kind of really give you a tip of the hat on creating something that as a guy who does copy, I don't know how many millions of words now, but it's, it's, it's a lot, you know, it's, it's like some crazy number of between VSLs, sales pages, emails, you know, we send out an email per day for multiple clients. So that's like, it, it just right. racks up. Right. So, right. so the amount of um, puzzle piecing and, and I call it like playing um, three-dimensional Tetris while there's a chessboard on the Tetris pieces. So you have to, you have to like, you have to like yeah. do this. Right. And, it, and it's a blast. And with that, you've done something that's really great for copywriters. And you've also done something really great for people in general, because as you were mentioning the power of words, I think what a lot of people don't understand in this current day and age, everybody wants to be this like quote unquote influencer. Now mm. I work with some influencers that have, you know, a million, 2 million, 5.8 million subscribers on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And the transition between sales, you know, the, the influencer that has 130,000 versus 2.5 million actually sells more because of the way the copy is constructed. And the key element here is understanding the mental filter that people have for information qualification. So that's the input filter store, you know, recall, transmit, delivery, impact. 
uh, model that, that I use. Mm. And you've done a great job of unpacking that. I think a lot of people don't understand that, look, your, your Instagram post is copy. Your Facebook message is copy. And uh, to go that above and beyond on that, the thing that you tell yourself in the morning when you get out of bed before you even turn on your phone, that's also copy. It so, is. Yeah. 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 So, so you, I mean, you, you're absolutely world-class and just, just to kind of uh, unpack a little more of the thing that you glossed over very subtly, you know, you're like, Oh, I created the video sales letter. <laughs> uh, I thought that was really fascinating. You know, the, the level of just humility and being very humble about it. For those of you that are listening that see these ads, right? You guys see these ads that are like the story I went through and the nightmare. And then I came up with this product. Like John created that format. You invented that. So a lot of what people are taking now is they're, they're taking that BSL format, they're applying it to their own little structure, they're mm. taking it, but it's all built on, you know, you created Legos, they're just building different things with those Legos yeah. and, um, and also over a billion dollars in sales, right? So, uh, you know, you glossed over that, but I think for a lot of people listening, they got it like, like yeah. let that sink in, pause <laughs> for a moment, let yeah. it sink in, don't just be like la-da-da-da-da, because that pattern interrupt is so important to go, mm. no, 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 hold, hold on, you've got the architect of the system here, yeah. Um, pay attention. So can you talk maybe for a minute about what's the self-talk that you use to become world-class? Because that I think will help a lot of people mm. on, yeah, you've got the written copy. Yeah. You've got the conversions. Yeah. You've got the optimization and yeah. we can dig into that more, but how do you go about making sure that your copy is great, AKA making sure that you're great? Well, that's a great question. Being in the personal development space and in fitness space, in athlete, most of my life, all those things help because you've gone through trenches of all sorts of pain and, and challenges and, you know, being, having shot for bodybuilding magazines and getting into the, that kind of condition or fighting martial arts or whatever. Those are challenges that force you to become the best person that you can be on whatever level that is. It's going to sound like a, like I'm taking a detour or that I'm trying to balkanize your content over here, your question over here, my answer over here, but I'm not. Um, my greatest self tool is love. So that's been the most powerful teacher, the most powerful um, way for me to tap into the, what I tap into when I write. And I don't mean that in a love in a woo way. I, le- I mean, love in a, in a universal way, but also in, in a verb. So when I'm acting in love and especially if I am in love, that's even it helps because it's a lot easier, but, but if, when you're not, when you're not in between relationships or whatever, and you're, and you are moving through life with love as a verb as in a conscious awareness, for me, that makes writing infinitely easier than if I'm trying to write from a position of uh, lack or hate or, or doubt, because again, this, these influence how you think about yourself. So if I'm proactively loving friends and family and, 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 and lovers or whatever, and I'm doing that and that's feeding the soul, so to say, that's coming out in, in how I write. That's coming out in how I believe I can write. And that being said, if you're not feeding yourself, right, <laughs> I'm going to get down to, so love being with the first, I'll start, I'll always start there. I'm writing a book on love. So it's like, I'm going to start there naturally. But uh, the second, very next thing I would go to is, is how are you feeding your body? How are you taking care of yourself? I mean, what, what did you do physically today? I mean, I, I, I do everything from like cold showers. If I, if I know I have to write a sales letter and I want to write it in one swoop, I want to write the whole damn thing in three hours. I mean, 8,000 words, you know, um, I, which I've done many times. A lot of the sales letters that are the most successful I wrote without editing. And I will see those complete, like, you know, stream of consciousness kind of thing. Could it be better if I was edited? Probably, but um, I didn't. <laughs> so, uh, and yeah, the truth about ads are written in three hours. I, so it's still on. They still haven't beaten the control. That's kind of a freaky letter, but old school new body, four hours. 
stream of consciousness. So take a cold shower. When I lived in Vancouver, cold showers, totally different meaning as here in Santa Barbara. Because the right. cold shower last, yesterday, I'm like, ah, da, 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 da. <laughs> I can stay in here all day longer. In Vancouver, it's cold, man. It's like cold in the winter. And so you get in there and you can maybe last five minutes, right? Um, you get through that and you can get through just about anything. So I did a cold shower challenge for 60 days in the middle of winter. And it's like by day five, I'm like, I'm looking forward to it. I'm kind of yep. sadistic that way. But, uh, but <laughs> so doing that um, and then saying, and at the same time, I'm writing a project. I know this goes, sounds like these things don't even remotely belong together, but they do. At the same time, I'm writing a project. I'll do something like I'm going to go. Um, and again, I'm, you know, I do fitness still to this very day. And so I'm always keeping myself really in top shape or as close as I can. But if I'm not, if I'm a little off and like maybe I'm 12% body fat, I'm saying, I'm going to knock myself down to eight during the process of writing this letter. So during this, this course of writing it or, or whatever the project, maybe it's a month long, I'm going to at the same time, you know, remove carbohydrates from my diet for most of it, <laughs> you know, it's like, or do something like really radical that you normally wouldn't want to do on top of each other. And what I find is that that one success feeds on the other. So if I'm struggling to write, I'm going, but I've got the diet down today. The next day it might be the other way around. I would be like, I'm going to be hungry or something, but my writing is coming well. And you see the, the base, we both have bases behind us. I mean, I, so I play two or three hours a day sometimes. So yeah, you've got to balance this whole thing out. So that's the only way I've been able to keep myself out of the writing. Because if I get two in my head, it sucks. I mean, I've written letters that bombed like everyone else, man. And, and, mm-hmm. and those letters that bombed, I was sitting there going, what should I write next? I don't know. You know, that's, that's, if I'm in that zone, I suck. I'm, I'm no better than anyone off fiber. Um, if I'm in out of that zone where I'm, I'm out of my own head and I'm in my character. And that's something I'm going to talk a lot about in this copywriter blueprint course that I'm teaching is how to write super fast is that you, you don't write as yourself. You write as your character. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you take yourself out of the picture almost immediately. If I'm writing as, even if I'm writing for me, for John Benson, if I'm writing a letter for John, I've got a John character in my head for fitness. I've got a John character in my head for internet marketing or, or for copywriting. And so when I wrote the copywriter blueprint letter, which I wrote again in two hours and, you know, we sold out a, a 2000 per seat course and we sold it out, you know, 30 people. So, and people were saying, I want to write like this guy wrote in the letter. Well, I just blistered through this stuff, right? Because I'm writing in a character. So I am out of it in a sense. It's me. It is me. I mean, I'm not making stuff up. I want to make sure, but there's a character of me that's, that's an exaggeration in ways, an under exaggeration in other ways, you know, like I'm understating certain things, but it's also a personality. It's like that part of you that you, again, it's a balkanization. You, you've got, you're over here in a corner and you're, that part of you needs to come out. It's, I learned this from being a musician for 10 years and listening to some of the great, the great musicians and how they write. Trent Reznor, I was a huge Nine Inch Nails fan and uh, back in the 90s and, and when he wrote Downward Spiral, which is, I think was one of the, the most intense, dark, twisted, wonderful albums. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, was, he wrote in character. And so in character, he became the character. So part of my, my thing was Tony Robbins would say in, in personal power from a long time ago is that, that you're be in your mind, what you want to be in your mind, your body will follow. So in my mind, I was, um, 175 pounds in college. And I was, I kept saying to everybody, I'm a bodybuilder, which was kind of funny. You know, I, I'm a bodybuilder. I'm a bodybuilder. And I have, don't have the genes for this except for structure. I don't have any mass genes. I don't, have, I just, I just had a desire to do this. I don't know why I always had. And I kept saying it until I kept doing it. It's like, I finally figured out how to do it, you know? Um, and I, you know, I never did the, you know, competitive thing, never wanted to take a bunch of drugs or anything like that. But the point is I, I achieved the goals I wanted to achieve. And 
And same thing with writing. It's like, I used to not even say I'm a copywriter. This is four years after the VSL came out and John Carlton just said, dude, I'm going to slap you upside the head. You don't stop saying that because you're insulting everyone in the fucking room. Mm-hmm. And I never looked at it that way. I wasn't trying. I would never try to. I was, I'm sitting in a room with David Deutsch, uh, you know, John Carlton, Gary Benzavenga. <laughs> like, and I'm sitting here talking to these guys about copy. And I'm, I'm feeling a little, you know, to be honest with you, a little naked. You know, yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling yeah. a little stupid would be another way. It's like, I, I don't, what am I going to tell these guys? And I'm, they're taking copious notes, right? Yeah. I'm like, so I'm teaching them this formula and I keep going, hey guys, look, I'm not a copywriter. I, I just created a formula. And, and at the end of it, that's when he got, I got the lecture. And um, <laughs> from that point on, I've been a copywriter. I love so it. Some of this is, I, that might be too long-winded for the, for the awesome listener and I apologize, but there's a lot there to unpack because you're talking about the, what makes someone tick, you know? Yeah. Uh, so there, that's the long-winded, but hopefully helpful explanation behind it. No, it's, it's huge. Um, you know, the, the, those that want to drop off, they can drop off this, right? Um, I, I think there, there's a ton of value. There, there's a concept in there that um, I want to kind of unpack a little bit more. And this is a reference to something that I do myself. So I call it the dial. And uh, this is this idea that you have a, a dial, right? Because I'm, I'm like, I'm an executive, I'm a musician, I'm a copywriter, Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm a son, I'm a man, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. You have all these things that you, you need to be world-class at. It, to shine, you have to be world-class. You have to have a lot of self-love. So um, the mm-hmm. concept that I've been playing around with is, is this dial concept, which is kind of, you have this dial of things you lock into, right? Like when, when I pick up a guitar, you can't talk to me about analytics. Like when, if I'm playing guitar, you talk to me about conversion pages <laughs> right. or, or, you know, um, waterfall, ad funnel. I, like I don't hear it. I go, I don't know what you're talking about. This doesn't matter. Um, and so it's this concept of this dial, like you have like a setting that you set yourself to and go, okay, I am here. And you become that. And you, you, we can maybe talk about some of the references that you use, maybe uh, some Stanislavski, some uh, Meisner actors method. I, I would assume you, uh, you picked up a few things from that. And then there's a uh, slip and there's bleed. So the idea is, you know, let's say, um, let's say you're going through something in your life, right? Let's say it, it might be, you know, a breakup or, um, a personal struggle. And I, I just released a video about this. I'm very transparent with my struggles as well. So, um, but, but then you have to go into a board meeting and you have to, you know, you have to lock in uh, a business strategy on, on a company that's doing, you know, a million a month or what have you. Right. Well, uh, there's a sense of, of slip there where like you have to be the executive, but it's always kind of slipping to that, you right. know, maybe that wounded child phase that you have mm-hmm. inside yourself or mm-hmm. um, some other very vulnerable point that, that, you know, you don't really want to display that in a boardroom necessarily, unless you're surrounded with you know, very close friends or, right, right. you know, so, so you have, um, you have slip and then you also have bleed. So slip is when it's like, it's kind of slipping away from that personality. Like you've locked into it, but it's starting to slip back to another one. You got to click it back over. Uh, and then there's bleed where characteristics of one personality actually bleed into the other. Yeah. Uh, so like they kind of hop over and you're like, where did this come from? Where, um, you know, if you ever, if you ever had it where you, you just have an emotional response for like no reason when you're supposed to be super logical. Uh, yeah. so, uh, that's a fascinating concept that, that I use. I actually like kind of dial in, you know, I've got little, little archetypes. Um, for me, it's Tom York of Radiohead, um, very, oh, very yeah. similar to, to Trent. So, so, you know, yeah, very, yeah. very similar. Like I log in, I think Tom York is God. So, uh, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll lock in and, and, and <laughs> like, you, 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 can't, you can't talk to me about, you know, like, like how to write a great ad, but when I'm writing a great ad, you know, the, the, that artistic side, I have to kind of shut it down because like yeah. some things just convert better than others. You don't always have to reinvent the wheel. So, no, um, that's a very important thing to remember. And the, the other thing I, I think uh, attacking on top of that is, uh, we'll talk about my love of Radiohead in a moment, but, <laughs> um, but uh, on top of not having to rewrite and reinvent the wheel all the time. Yeah, most of the time you shouldn't. And the, the times when you're wanting to do that, you're in your ego. You know, your ego is driving the show. Most of the time, I, there are some times where you just, you, the artist has to come out and you really think that you have a, something powerfully, a new way to say something. That's awesome. 
do it. But most of the time, it's the same thing. You just need to speak to the, and once again, if, if you're not in an empathy, I call it the empathy exercise. If you don't have that empathy block around you, you are going to write like shit, no matter who you are, because mm-hmm. you're not writing for them. You're writing for you. So as a writer, if I'm writing a book, I have to pull myself back from this book I'm writing called Epic Love because I'm writing the book for me as well as for the reader. And I'm just being blatantly selfish about it. I'm saying I'm going to, this is self-indulgent in a way. Uh, it's just sort of like a sting kind of, how sting wrote lyrics. They were self-indulgent, but they were beautiful. You know, mm-hmm. So I really resonate with that. And I, so that's how I'm writing this. If I'm writing copy for something, if I'm in that state, it's going to suck. It's going to sound pretentious or it's going to sound, I'm going to miss the mark, you know? So, but again, I'm in character, but I'm also writing to an avatar. So in character to an avatar, there's three people here. (laughs) There's John, the real John, there's John, the character, and then there's Sally, the avatar, whoever the avatar is. And if I'm in that John, the character to Sally, the avatar space, all that self-doubt goes out the window because where's the self-doubt? Mm-hmm. Self-doubts and John, the real guy, you know, everyone's got imposter syndrome. Man, everyone does. I mean, I, I, I have it all the time, but most of the time I'm fairly self-aware of, you know, like, okay, I know that I'm good at this or I know that I might be, some people consider me great at it. I know that I can suck at it. And I think that you need to be honest with yourself and go, yeah, I can suck, man. I can, I can really bomb. I can, and it's okay to say that in yourself, but go into your character where that does not exist. That does mm-hmm. not exist in the side of that character. Your character's so one or two dimensional. We're 4D, man. I mean, yeah. we're, you and I are both, I mean, not to brag, but we're both very 4D people, meaning that, that you've got, you've got everything from the music to the fitness, to the art writing, to the executive, to the, you know, that's a big thing, right? If we take all of that into a copy project, like you were saying, it would suck. <laughs> you know, it would totally suck. Likewise, if I pick up my bass and I'm playing a, I'm playing a rush track, I'm not thinking about anything, but how fun it is to, to play like yet so yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's ironic right like sometimes like the copy that i get the most excited about converts the worst <laughs> like i hate that <laughs> you know i'm like oh man this is gonna be genius i know i'm so bombed uh, and then it just bombs and you're like man like I know, man. What? i've got a letter right now i wrote for my good friend and partners with in the, in the C- cbd oil space caleb jennings and i wrote it and i'm like I think this may be the best thing I've ever written. Oh my God, I should never have said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Like, no, 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 it's going to, it's going to suck. It's going <laughs> to, I'm, like, I'm like, oh man, the subject line, uh, the headline is just so, I shared it with Perry Belcher. He was like, yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> okay, it's good. And he shared his with me. I'm like, yeah. Um, but then it could just, uh, we don't know because we launched it yet, but it could totally bomb. Right. And it's yeah. like, yeah. It's so hard to do that, man. It's like as soon as you have that emotional attachment, it's like you kind of screw yourself, which it's not. But at the same time, that's the very thing that makes you great, right? It's, it's this weird double standard where, it is. you know, the passion that drives from the love, from yeah. this this channeling point, right? I mean, yeah. you're channeling a great energy of abundance mm-hmm. um, and you're channeling that through yourself. You become a beacon and that goes into the copy. Often that's either the greatest copy I've written or the worst. Like it's never in the middle. All the it, stuff it, it's that, never in the middle. And by the way, I think the great copywriters are never in the middle. I, I mean, it's the great ones. I mean, you either knock it out of the park or it's, if you're writing constantly, yeah, then you're missing something. And, and I was in that yeah, kind of phase for a while where I was just missing something. I wasn't doing enough of the homework I should be doing. I wasn't doing enough of the, uh, enough of the editing and stuff like that. But when you write something, you knock it out of the park and then you turn around, you write something that's complete shit. Gary Halbert did this all the time. And Gary would just, you know, Gary's version of rewriting. <laughs> he'd look at it, go tear it up, throw it <laughs> next project, 
Wow. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Most of the time he said, just tear it up, throw it away, tear it up, throw it away. And that's somewhat how I do it. I don't do it for my customers, but clients, but uh, (laughs) yes, to be clear. Uh, I've done a few times where I'm like, you know what? I'm done. I'll just give you your money back. Let's go away. Uh, but, um, but yeah, cause I just didn't feel it. So there's a lot of good stuff here for anyone that really wants to dive into the wacky mindset of a copywriter. But again, I want to just put a, a kind of a nail in this one and say, if you are writing in your head, i.e. if you're in your own neuroses, if you're in your, if you're trying to prove something with your words, you're going to fail. The other thing I want to say that I've just been really, really hammering my students on here lately is write short, mm-hmm. short sentences they sell. Here's where I picked this lesson up from is studying advertorials, which I don't do a lot of copy study. I mean, people, I'm pretty famous in the interview saying I, I never studied, which is true. I never studied copywriters when I wrote the first 25 letters I wrote. I never looked at a single copywriter. I, I just didn't. The only one I looked at was Tom Venuto who wrote the only letter I had in front of me. So I wanted to try to do something without getting anyone else in my head. And so, so that became the video sales letter, which became great. And it also produced some shit copy <laughs> down the line because it's like I needed to learn some things from people, but it produced some huge winners. So I'd rather be on that spectrum than in the middle. But um, but over the years, I, I started looking at avatorials. And in avatorials, it's an amazing thing to look at because you've got a, a physical space that I'm holding at my like two inches, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you got three columns in these old avatorials. So their sentences couldn't be long by design, right? But these things convert like crazy. And I started stealing their ticks, uh, tricks and putting them in emails and all this stuff. I'm writing one sentence, one word sentences, two word sentences, three and four word sentences all the time now. Wow. I'll break up a thought into three different sentences. And, and let me give you the psychology behind why that's so kick-ass. Now, I've never heard anyone talk about this, but I know it just from studying a little bit of speed reading. When you speed read, I'm going to gloss over this because I know there's people, go, oh, that's not how you do it. Well, this is how I, my girlfriend who's sped, right? Mm-hmm. Basically reading first sentence, last sentence of a paragraph and your brain kind of puts it together. Now, I don't know if you read music or not. I have two degrees in music. You would think I would read music. I was taught to read music. I suck at reading music. I mean, I would go to gigs and go, okay, uh, guys, I need to take a break real quick. <laughs> okay, I got this down, man. Now I can read charts. That's fine. But you know, when it's talking about reading eight note bracketed triplets, no, I don't think so. Um, but you see these sight readers read, just this amazingly, uh, you know, Tchaikovsky or something, you know, they're not reading every note. It's impossible. They're remembering phrases, their brains filling in the middle parts of the notes. Right. And um, the same thing goes for, for how you read sentences and how you read paragraphs. So you'll read the first sentence. If you notice how you read a book, you'll read the first sentence and you'll kind of, kind of read the second, maybe, and then drift down to the last one. And sometimes you have to go back to the last sentence to remember where you were. So this is how your brain tends to work. So if you're writing sentence, 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 how much of it's going to get absorbed? All of it. As opposed to sentence and a paragraph, sentence and a paragraph, sentence and a paragraph. Sentence. So, so yeah. you get lost, right? Break that stuff up man, and chop it down and it will be much better. So that's actually the, the first, very first editing trick I teach my interns. That's actually really fascinating that, that that's a, a costume. Now, I don't think I quite go as short um, as you do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play around with that. The very first thing I do is I take any paragraph, I go period by period and I new line, new line, new line, new line. The entire thing. So it could be 8,000, 12,000 words. I will new line and then I will just mercilessly cut anything that doesn't, that doesn't contribute. And we can talk about contribution 
um, in a sec, you know, this idea of the, the emotional logical pendulum and how you always mm-hmm. want to swing people one way or another. And mm-hmm. if, if it's not, if you can't put an action on a specific phrase or a specific word, get, just get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that those are kind of some, some of the topics, um, and ideas that you're alluding to, uh, it's absolutely huge. Uh, let's do this. Let's maybe do a quick tip round. So let's say you have, so we'll go three avatars. So, so avatar one will be someone who has never written copy before. They're, they're just, they just do Instagram, Facebook, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, a tip for that, that guy, uh, number two would be someone who knows what copywriting is mm-hmm. and, and is kind of doing it, but not really doing it. And then number three is if you have an advanced secret tip, let's, yeah. let's, let's do that. Yeah. Just for fun. You know? All right, cool. Um, total noobs, <laughs> total copywriting noobs. It's going to sound a little silly, but I want you to write a letter to yourself to, I want you to write a letter to yourself to persuade you to do something that you're putting off. And in that letter, I want you to use what I call the persuasion quadrant. I'm going to teach this to you real quick. It's very simple. Wants, needs, fears, and actions. Four things. So a want is I, I want to lose weight. Now, a doctor may, it may be a need, like a doctor says, if you don't lose weight, you'll die. That's rare, right? A need would be, I need to have a healthy heart. I need to feel like making love to my, my spouse. I need, those are needs, okay? I need to be around for my kids to graduate college. <laughs> so now, most people don't think of needs when they think of wants. So you're writing to yourself and you're going to start off with a want, you know, dear me, <laughs> and empathize with that character that you're writing to. Like, just just write a letter to yourself. It's something that you want to do. Why do you want to do it? Why do you need to do it? And why is it okay that you haven't done it yet? But why is it now imperative that you take a first action? What happens if you don't take a first action? Tell me just a little bit about that and make this 500 words, no more, right? And then say, the one thing I want you to do is this, boom. You will always want people to do or believe one thing you ask them to, okay, here's 19 tips on how to become, well, good luck. <laughs> okay. You know, I'm not saying you, there's a place on the sales letter to go, here's three tips to do something, but I, I, I avoid those usually unless I'm just doing for content. Um, so that's an exercise that I love to give to people because A, it, it teaches them empathy because they're automatically going to have to be super empathetic because people are more harsh on themselves than they are other people usually. Yeah. So that's going to force you into a state of empathy because I'm making you say, I understand why you haven't done this. Yeah, I can relate to you. However, <laughs> so that exercise is really powerful. That's amazing. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for that. Um, that's huge. So let's, let's circle back around to one thing that you mentioned earlier, and then we'll kind of go, we'll kind of slingshot back, back. to the tips. <laughs> um, no, 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 not back to the tips. Actually, I actually want to um, unpack this. All, I guess like all the pros could use that too. But it's yeah, a- yeah. No, that, I mean, that's massive. The thing I want to swing back to is this idea of not underestimating yourself. So, so you, you brushed over it. And I, I think that's such a huge concept. That's something that I struggle with too. Like I'm, I'm arguably an expert, I think, you know, like it's always, I was like, I think I'm good. I don't, I don't know. I mean, the numbers say I'm good, but like we never give ourselves enough credit. So I think the question would be like, when did you, you mentioned it was after that meeting that you kind of, mm-hmm. you know, you, you kind of, I guess, checked yourself and said like, look, you got to like give yourself credit here. What's the big mindset shift that you had though? Like what was the trigger word? It wasn't sitting in the room with people you've looked up to and mm-hmm. having them. Was that the thing? It was it. Two things happened. Number one is I knew who John Carlton was. I'd never met him. And I knew, you know, he's written some legendary pieces. He was a big influence to the, my original partner in my first fitness on adventure and all that. And I knew who these other people were in the room. You know, I, I knew of them, Paris and Gary and all those guys. And I knew how, <laughs> I'm like this, you know, 
younger than all of them at the time and like, you know, spiky hair, you know, you know, rock star jewelry. And I'm trying to teach copywriting. I'm like, oh my God. And then when I noticed two things, what happened first is I noticed Carlton just writing pages and pages and pages of notes. I'm like, he's probably writing down everything I'm saying that's stupid. He's like, <laughs> like, like okay, this will never work. That wasn't what he was doing. What he, and then what happened was he came up to me afterwards and he was funny. He goes, he goes, you look like you could crush me, but I'm going to tell you this. The, you know, I'll swear I'll kick your ass. He goes, I took this mean notes. Everyone here is doing the same thing. You are a copywriter. You're a damn good one. Stop saying you're not because you're being insulting. That was the moment. Love it. And then at the end of the thing, he wrote on a note, said, you know, uh, your new best friend, here's my number. And yeah, that's been uh, that was the biggest moment of my my career for sure. As far as like like the turning point, but I, I don't not saying that other copywriters are going to be able to have those kind of like ah wow moments. But um, that was huge for me, and, and, sure. and because it was I was literally years into <laughs> writing VSLs, and I'd written uh, I'd done the Pimsleur voiceover and, and tweaked that one. I'd done the you know Truth About Abs, and well, I did, there's just dozens that I'd done at that point, and uh, and yeah, I just was like didn't think of myself as a copywriter. And so that just in instantaneously changed my whole disposition. It's like a wavelength thing, right? You kind of, you kind of locked in. Um, so, and this kind of overlaps with the, the common theme, you know, is going around now of finding mentors. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I guess the stacked question on that was like, what are some practical things that you did to, to put yourself in the room with those guys? Yeah, honestly, those, so when I say sure luck, what I mean, I didn't sit down to say, I'm going to create a marketing vehicle that's going to make, you know, $15 billion a year and put Agora on the map. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I got, I got a great letter for the, from the VP of Agora. He goes, oh, dear John, thanks a lot for making us like $150 million. Let me know if you ever need anything. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, you know, obviously they did their own homework with Stansberry and all those guys, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, that was my vehicle they used to do that. And it was like, you know, Mike Palmer wrote a great letter and, and uh, I still don't know why that letter is as great as it is. I mean, not, I, I know why Mike is, but that letter to me, it just seems so it was never like that letter that just went, wow, I just leaped out, but man, is it ever good, <laughs> you know? And so and that's how Mike writes. I mean, he just, he's just, just he's been you know, kind of a solid writer, but um, so how I put myself in that room is I created a VSL. So that I, that's the only reason I was in that room. Hmm. And so I don't think very many people are going to be able to get into a room like that unless they do a mastermind, which is what I would do. If you're wanting to be in a room with John, the John Carlton's or, or whomever's of the world, the, uh, Craig Clemens of the world. Um, uh, I think Craig was there too, come to think about it. Uh, but, um, and this was before Golden Hippo. But um, so I saw Craig come up from Evan's stuff. Yeah, he's just a, a worker genius, man. Um, but uh, yeah, that's how you do it. You go to like genius network meetings um, or go to go to the annual event, spend 10 grand and go, or go stay at the same hotel and hang out in the bar if you can't do anything. Put yourself in that environment. You're not going to be able to be in an environment like I was in where I was teaching boardroom. I was, I was at boardroom back when boardroom was still a company and teaching a room of, they sold, you know, $2,500 tickets to each person. And I'm teaching a room of 40 of the best copywriters in the world. And half of Agora was there. <laughs> Here's what's embarrassing. I didn't know who Agora was when I walked in the door. They go, Agora's over there. I go, Agora, kind of a Grecian thing, huh? <laughs> like, I didn't know who Paris was. I didn't, I, I didn't know these guys, you know, I didn't grow up in that. I, I grew up around, you know, Bruce Lee and, and, um, and, uh, <laughs> sometimes, there, sometimes there's magic in that, man. Like it, it, it's, it's funny, by the way, um, you were, you were talking about cold showers. If you're ever in, uh, in LA, let me know. We've got a, a great Russian spa that I go to here. Uh, really cold, cold plunge, which, um, is awesome. And, yeah. uh, as it relates to that spa, you know, like, like Justin Bieber and Usher go there, 
And I like, I totally didn't know it. Like I was just one day, I was just like sitting there. I'm like, Oh, it's Justin Bieber. I'm like, what's up, bro? He's like, what's up? Dude? Sometimes like just not know. It's kind of a blessing. Um, it's actually kind of good. Uh, otherwise you kind of get like a little self-conscious, right? And you're like, Oh, like, you know, um, so, so there's actually some, some magic to that. All right. So let's, uh, let's kind of, so I mentioned we, we'd pivot and then let's, so let's slingshot back up. So what I really want to hammer home uh, the last little bit here mm-hmm. is the, uh, the copy pro AI thing that you're doing, because mm-hmm. I mean, it's not just your takeaways, right? It's the takeaways from every single person you've ever interfaced with, which, geez, I mean, if you guys are listening and the authority is not there, like, like go to the thing, check it out. Copypro.ai. Um, can you talk a little bit about the why and the how of how did you get to doing this thing? Because I mean, essentially you're saying I want to kind of replace myself in some capacity, right? That's, that's, that's pretty powerful self-management to, to say, <laughs> to say like, Hey, I want to, or at least disrupt the things that I do, maybe it's, you know, at least the way I'll, I'll give you my observation and then, and then you can unpack it. My observation is that you've gotten so good at this. You find that there's, there's certain things that are, you know, a repetitive sequence and as much as you enjoy it, you don't necessarily enjoy the repetitiveness of it. And so you've decided to create a system that would allow for the same level of output that you could deliver yourself mm-hmm. uh, in a systematized format so that you could actually free up your own bandwidth to be able to continue to grow, continue to learn, continue to evolve. Uh, mm-hmm. At least that's a perception uh, that I get in the transparent conversations that we've had. But mm-hmm. um, I'd love to hear your take on it, like the why and the how, and yeah. what's so cool about it, you know? <laughs> Break it up. Well, the why, it, I would like to think I'm that that cool and lofty and conscious to have those kind of values as far as why I created a product. Uh, the real reason why, um, at least initially, was my peeps and for accelerator, they thought the accelerator software was cool. So it's very basic. Um, they said, can you do this for email? Just only a couple of people asked me to do it for email. And then I started thinking, well, email is so much bigger than BSLs. I mean, every marketer uses email. What if I could do this for email? And I was married at the time and I, I started getting, trying to sit down and, and, and create formulas and break out emails. And I, you know, in a really rudimentary WordPress kind of thing, I, I was breaking out the stuff and, and I'd come back to my wife and go, um, baby how's this looking and she goes i would never say that i would have to say it this way because she wrote in the spiritual space so and i wrote her bsl so i had to channel her speaking of back to channeling a character i became a woo-woo girl <laughs> i bet that was kind of fun for you really cool yeah it was, it was a lot of fun it was, it was easy to channel her because i mean i knew her obviously so well but uh but she was like um yeah this would but I would say it like this. I would say, like, and I realized immediately, oh my God, this is just one person. <laughs> it's like, I'm already stuck. Right. And so it was like, so complicated. I got together with my friend, John, um, and said, Hey, here's what I'm trying to do. Um, and he and I, when they came back and we looked at all these different formulas, I couldn't, I just couldn't figure it out. Couldn't decipher the code. And, um, and then it was, I moved to Vancouver and I was sitting in Vancouver and it was like, I was going through the worst time of my whole life. And I, uh, remember looking at the screen going, I wonder if I can make this work. And I knew I had to put my mind someplace cause it was really in a dark place. And I'm like, I wonder if I can decode this. Wonder if there's, if there's something I missed. And then I just, just one day I, I looked at it, I said, Oh, that's it. That's the pattern. That's the pattern I was missing. I wonder if I could do this again. And again, I just kept building and building and building it. And so that's how it came about. It was more like it was therapy. And I wanted to create a product. I love having multi-million dollar products. It's awesome. But but I also wanted to create something that would be like a swan song, a big legacy thing. I wasn't trying to replace copywriters, which is how everyone took it when it first came out. Email copy pro is what it was called back then. And it was really complicated. It was really junky, clunky rather. But it made really good emails. 
Copy Pro is much smoother and, and it's still not, it's not, so it's a power tool. It's, it's the Ferrari of the industry. It's not a tricycle. If you want a tricycle, you know, knock yourself out with funnel scripts or something. <laughs> but, uh, no, I'm kidding. But it's a lot easier to use what I'm saying. Funnel scripts, a lot easier to use. It's just not, it's not anywhere near as powerful, but, uh, but, but this is a tool that that's a serious power tool. Um, but I wanted to make something that, that would, that would be a legacy product. So that was part of the reason. The other part of the reason is, and this is a major thing. After CopyPro got relatively successful and we started figuring out how to sell it slowly but surely because it's been a long haul, there's been a long haul because people don't believe it, you know, uh, copywriters are threatened by it, all this kind of stuff. We finally kind of cracked the code on how to do that a little better. When I came up with the idea for CopyPro 2 and I'm like, what if we could do the same thing only we make it for copywriters? <laughs> so my coders are going, oh, Jesus Christ, you just figured out how to do the front end of this thing. Now you're wanting to make, take all the stuff you have to do in the back end and make that. And so I spent the whole last year and a half doing that. And I knew I couldn't do it on my own. Um, I ended up meeting Jason Myers. He's the owner of Gorilla Marketing, became president of the company. Um, and we put an investment round together. So we're in the middle of that investment capital room. Um, and so we're going to raise, we're going to close that round out and go to another seed round and probably go to 30 million to do what we want to do. But uh, we ended up building, we've got 75% of copy pro two already built. And it is it, when people see it, they don't believe it. I now have a tool that copywriters can use. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to give copywriters a brand new way to make money. Uh, Cause if I could do that, I could take their fear factor away from, you know, it's, it's like being around a guy that you know, six foot two and he, he looks like he's got a, he's a bigger dick than you around your girlfriend. You know? yep. <laughs> like, yep. You're going like, uh, hey, baby, come over this way a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like that kind of thing. Uh, and, and that's what it kind of can feel like. It's not. It's like you rather look at like, oh, this is a guy that you can, you can hang out with and he can like tell you all the secrets of the world. That's what Copy Pro is right now. Um, but what copy for two is coming out later, uh, is going to be, is that's the ecosystem. So it's a literal union of copywriters in a platform where they're paid instantly for work that they wanted to write versus work they were hired to write. Um, th there's no if, if ands or buts cause it's paid on the blockchain. Um, it's not, we don't, we use cash, but it's like a, the blockchain is just a technology tool. A lot of people think blockchain is like crypto or something, but, um, uh, so, so yeah. And then customers get copy instantly. So they don't wait for it. It's a, it's a completely different model of doing copy. And now we're going to be having thousands of copywriters and contributors and authors and, and bloggers and stuff like that coming into the system, teaching them how to write syndicated copy, teaching them how to write better copy because they have to all be certified and certifying them through manual process because we're still humans. It's a, this is a human invention and we're tying in the AI. We're tying in IBM Watson to go out and look for what's the hottest way to, what are people saying right now that's a, that's a common complaint for weight loss? So you might type this and the AI will pop on and we're going to call the AI, AI Sherlock, we think, but Sherlock will <laughs> pop on and go, hottest terms right now is this, you know, this, that, and the other. That's helping copywriters do that research they don't have to do, that they don't know because they didn't scan a thousand blogs and found out what other people are saying and synthesize that into that. That's where we're headed. And if, that, if people can't see the vision of like how copywriters can plug their stuff in here, they can sell it hundreds of times over, make a lot more money, and then can, customers can get copy for a tenth of what they would pay a professional copywriter for. Cause now we can charge less cause that you can sell it over and over again. Yeah. So it's a win win for everybody. So that's the, that's the gigantic reason why, how is it is uh, how is three years of tenacious beating my head against the wall until my, my, I'm, I still got a bloody nose. I think, but, um, 
Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's beautiful, man. When I was looking through it, um, you know, the, the, the walkthrough that you do and everything, I'm like, wow, this is really, really great. And this really comes down to a psychological thing for most people. If you are a copywriter, you know, for sure, check it out. If you're not one for sure, check it out. But if there's any sort of fear, that's usually a limiting belief that that person has. Right. Um, so like with management, like the best thing you want to do is try and replace yourself because that's called letting go of the ego. That's called, you get, you get all this space, Right? You get all this time, you get all this energy to, to grow and to evolve. So uh, you're, you're actually allowing people, especially copywriters, the opportunity to do that. I, I think that's oh, phenomenal. Yeah. It's amazing. It's beautiful. Well, I can give you like one quick example for me. Um, just 10, 12 days ago, um, we became strategic partners with Digital Marker. So that is a huge announcement. Uh, it's the first time I've announced it in public except for my inner posse here. So, and yeah, so that's that we're obviously excited by that uh, because I mean, Brian and I are not only friends, but uh, you know, he's one of my, one of my little heroes and we've been friends for 10 years and, and used to own a company together and back in Austin and stuff. And it, to have them see, you know, to have Marcus and Ryan see what this thing can do and go, we want our stuff in that machine, but we get to give that to everyone else. It's huge. There will be some stuff that's exclusive to DM guys, but, but the point is, is they see the potential, they see what this, they see where this is going. And yeah, we're also speaking with, you know, Kajabi as well. So it's, it's, it's these are exciting times in a, there are companies that are saying, I can see where this is going now versus two years ago where it was like, it, you know, <laughs> it's like yeah. trying to get somebody to sit down and watch a seventies a, a sitcom or something. Yeah. Hard to do. <laughs> yeah, I can relate to that. I saw you, you took a little shot of funnel scripts too, and uh, I've, I've got a white label well, CRM. Well, I took a shot uh, of funnel scripts in a funny way because I, I, yeah, yeah. I, 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 and I will tell you this. Like, so for the, I'll use the digital marketers. So they gave, so we, we put like 10 of their emails in the system preemptively and, and then got permission to use them and all that stuff. Yeah, of course. But I, just to show them what it would do, right? Well, I use those emails because I'm thinking, oh, I need I need to send this out. So I'll go into the system and go, oh, I, I'm going to look for that. Oh, I, I'm, I can find a contrarian email. Oh, yeah, that, that digital marketer one was great. I just use it. Click mm -hmm. a button and it's written. It's done. And then it's rewritten because the system rewrites things intelligently. But so, yeah, so that's replacing me. But it's also saving me a ton of time. So that that's how I, I personally use it in my team. But we've got, you know, there's hundreds of pieces of content in there now. We're going to have tens of thousands Mm -hmm. When this thing is all said and done, where there's not going to be any place else where you're going to go to, you want a Facebook ad? Here's 75 of them, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, and you can see the ratings and you can see how well it's performed and how many credits you have to pay for it. So it's, it's a new way to do it. Oh, it's, 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 it's very exciting. And, and it's also, it's, it's, it's very big, you know? Yeah. Uh, so it, I never thought about, you know, building a, a nine figure company before. That's a big audacious goal, man. It's, it's super beautiful seeing you uh, do that. Obviously any way that I can contribute. Uh, let me, um, yeah. let me know, reach out. Uh, we'll, we'll continuously, you know, we're going to take little yeah. cuts of the podcast and, and keep sending to it for a long time. So there, yeah. there's so many, uh, great nuggets in here. Um, so obviously all the, the links and everything, all the references, we'll include that in the show notes, but yeah. as far as, uh, any other things that you maybe want people to check out as far as, you know, how can people get a hold of you if they have questions, just want to say hi. Yeah. Johnbenson.com. I'm pretty easy. Um, yeah. And just shoot me an email. Yeah. JB at John Benson. I'm, I have one private, super private email. That's only for, you know, only for girls, but, <laughs> but, no, so, but JB is my, is my actual personal email that I use most of the time. So I will always get that. But, and yeah, so that's, that's the, the quickest way, obviously copypro.ai. Um, I'm all over the, all over the web, but I also, also was kind of secretive for a while. I was like, just, you know, like people could hire me and they could only if they knew who I was or stuff like that. So that, 
now I had, now that I had to come out of that shell yep. <laughs> and be a little bit more public. But uh, so yeah, I'm pretty easy to find. You're a legend brother. Um, thank you so, so much for, uh, for hopping on. Um, we can obviously unpack a ton more stuff, but yeah, yeah, I figure yeah. for the sake the, for the sake of mental sanity, I know you're, you're mid launch here. Um, you know, as, as a last thing, uh, this is the one that I kind of always ask and is a good one. You know, let's, let's say you are of age of, you know, old and yeah, you're there and it's kind of like your last day on this fine, uh, lovely earth and you're surrounded by friends, family, loved ones. And, mm. you know, what's, what's that thing that you pass on? Like if you had, you know, this is the, the Tim Ferriss billboard question. Oh yeah. Familiar with that. Like what, what's that one thing that you're like, you know, could be to your kids, could be to your loved ones, could be yeah. um, to your friends. What would that thing be? Um, aside from my passion for, for love in all of its forms, um, the meaning in life, uh, th that question can be answered. I think what's the meaning of life? Uh, the meaning of life is the meaning that you have for the people have for you and that you have for other people. So to establish, to grow, to really bond and produce meaning. So be a, lead, lead a meaningful life so that you will be meaningful to others. And that is the meaning for me of life. It, there's nothing more succinct than I could say than that. That's really beautiful. Um, thank you, John. Uh, yeah. I appreciate thank it. You. And uh, yeah, if there's anything else you want to follow up on, uh, let me know if there's any other, anything else you want to contribute here. Uh, we could do open format for uh, to close it out. So yeah. yeah. No, it's being. kind of funny because we got off the tips and I wanted to like circle back to a tip and it sounds like such a in the ending on a low note here, but, <laughs> but I did want to just, just share this here. If you guys did want some more of these tips, we can go into another a tips thing, but uh, there is something else I, I do recommend for writers to do. It's a, it's a silly trick, but it's, if you listen to this long, you might as well get something you can use right now. <laughs> that is, uh, you know, uh, the, the term, but as you know, is a stop term in, in NLP. So it's like, it, and I wanted to kind of like, just tell you something kind of cool and get you, a, but it's not, it's not that you never use it in copywriting. Um, there's a cool trick to use it. And there's a, there's a reason why you don't use it. If I can share this real quick, because I want to give the, that's the intermediate advanced tip. So, so you can say da 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 da, but, and if you're using it in the middle of the sentence, just remember this, remember anytime anyone's ever said this to you, wow, you know, you are so, you're so smart, you're handsome, you're, you're intelligent, but what happens to everything that person just said? That's completely disqualified. It's <laughs> completely yeah. disqualified. It's gone. It's gone. So that's why when you read copy and I get there and you hear all these buts, but remember that the subconscious mind is deleting everything you just said. So the only time you ever want to say that is when you want something deleted, when you want them to move into a different thought. So and if you don't want us to do that in a different thought, you can literally erase the word and just start the sentence as it is. So that's an advanced tip, but it's psychologically so powerful. Once you see that connection, like, oh yeah, I'm erasing everything I just said. So the other thing is like the simple little tricks that I use, like I'll use NLP commands. I remember, you know, rather than don't forget, you're literally telling someone they're not, you don't hear don't, can't, you don't, you don't hear contractions. So your brain doesn't hear that stuff. It's going to hear forget. So if you're a parent and you say, don't forget to clean up your room, guess what's going to happen? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're forget gonna... to clean up your room is all the brain is hearing. And it's like, oh man, I totally forgot. So, hey, remember. So those are a couple of quick tips. I didn't want to leave anyone hanging on that. So. That is amazing. Thank you. And okay. evolving that, what are, uh, what are some references? I'm, I'm, you know, I'll, I'll make some assumptions um, on, you know, Bandler and Milton Erickson. Sure. Yep. Are you a fan of Milton or? Yeah. 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 Uh, what are some other recommendations for people to check out if they want to um, evolve? For, for copywriting course, um, Harlan Kilstein, Kilstein has a good NLP course that, uh, yeah, that, that's a, that I don't know if he still sells it or not. Um, 
I, I use NLP as a tool. I don't use it as an exclusive thing. It kind of comes naturally to me. So Tony Robbins is the first one that exposed me to NLP. So, so yeah, that's, that's a, that's a good tip. The, uh, there's another one. I, I can't remember I'm just drawing a blank on the guys, the guy's name um, right now, but just find it on Google, just NLP copywriting course. Cool. Let's we'll check it out. And any book recommendations? Jeez. <laughs> doesn't doesn't have to be copy on, on copywriting. No, it doesn't, doesn't have to be copy. It could be like, like, like what's, what's ticking in your brain right now? Like what's, what's good that your RES is fixated on? That was an easy one. I, I have the <laughs> incredibly beautiful, lovely author of the book right next door to me right now, a book called Desire. Um, that if you want to, ladies, it was written for you, but it really should be read by every man. Um, so we bonded uh, because she's amazing. Um, Sayida is her name, S-A-I-D-A. Alice and look that up on Amazon. Uh, it's a great book. I mean, it's just, boy, it takes a deep dive into radical desire and it's a freeing book for women. So that's an awesome book. I, I read that just because I couldn't, yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> it's a, that's an easy, that was an easy read for me. Uh, yeah. And I'm a huge Shakespeare fan. So I, you know, I think you want to become a better writer, just read Shakespeare. So I actually decided I wanted to always do a play and just one of those things I put in my mind to do. Okay. I'm going to do a cover shoot of a magazine. Okay, I did that. I'm going to do. I'm going to do a play. And and, and so I, instead of taking some cheesy play, I took I took uh, Macbeth. <laughs> so so for my birthday, I I learned the the soliloquies from Macbeth. And yeah, so boy, when you learn, you see how. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Shakespeare, but you see how Shakespeare wrote and, and just just. And granted, it's old English and it's difficult. I get that, but um, but to see how he weaves stories together, oh, yeah. So the books I read mostly are, are literature, philosophy, because that's my background, um, or yeah, academic. So yeah, there's also a lot of evocative action there. And yeah. yeah, I read the- Joe Perry's autobiography, which I grew up on Aerosmith. So that was actually really good. It was a, a good read. It was the first like normal book I think I've read <laughs> like in forever. So that's amazing. And I just wanted to say thank you for uh, being transparent. One of the things that I really love about you is every single time that uh, we've had a conversation is always there's always a reality filter that people have. And there's, there's something about you where like last time we talked, you were just like, yeah, here's what's going on with me. I'm like, whoa, like that's, yeah. <laughs> that's really, really nice. Well, it, it's really, really beautiful. I, I talk about, and we, we can maybe close with this, mm-hmm. is I talk about the, the state the marketing's in. And the, the example that we use is, you know, we didn't have the internet, then we got the internet. Mm-hmm. Then we had all these crazy promises on the internet. Then you had, you know, regulation, right, of that with mm-hmm. Google, Facebook, et cetera. And, uh, the question remains like, what's the message that, that resonates? I always say it's the human element. It's this, yeah. this, this core essence that we have as human beings that uh, it will never really be fully replaced by anything. And there's something so beautiful and so, so amazing and powerful about that. And, and you have a great essence. So thank I, yeah, I just wanted to, to, to thank you for that. It, it always resonates with me every single time and um, warms my heart. And mm, thank uh, you. just, yeah. it, it's very honest and, uh, that's becoming more and more of a rarity. So just oh, thank a, you. Yeah. It's, it's a, a challenge of, of mine to, cause I haven't always been an honest person. Like, well, I, I mean, I've been an honest person, like in the traditional sense, like, you know, I, honey, where were you? Oh, I was at the bowling alley when you were out at a you know, whorehouse or something. I'm not talking about that. Um, mm-hmm. I went through dark phases in my life when I was younger, but, but uh, the thing that really transform me to thinking more like how, how authentic do you want to show up is, is believe it or not, I read Sam Harris's treatise. It's a little thing called, just look it up on YouTube. It's, it's like an hour long uh, called lying. And I had never thought of lying as a philosophy major. I'd never heard lying put into this context of lying being an act of violence. And 
an interesting act of violence to the self and to the people in your life. And it's an act of shutting down all possible intimacy from anyone. And, and he carries it to such an extreme. It's like he uses the old metaphor. We uh, analogy that we would use in philosophy classes. Um, you know, is it, is it wrong to lie? Probably the times that I still believe there are times that you have to lie. One of those times would be um, you're in 1941, Germany and <laughs> get a knock on the door. Are you hiding Jews in the basement? Uh, no, I'm not. Uh, and he actually carries that as a, he, he's an Ashkenazi Jew and he carries that. And he says, there's a time where I can make an argument for saying for not to, I could tell you how not to lie. And it was like, wow. It's like just to hear someone push it to that degree where when you know that when you listen to Sam Harris, uh, like him or love him I, or hate him, I love the guy. Um, you listen to Sam, he's a neuroscientist in case you don't know, and he got kind of a lot of flack because he's an atheist and wrote mm-hmm. a letter to Christian nation and um, is very vocal about his <laughs> disdain for, for ideologies, not for people. He's just not a, he's a super loving guy. Um, he happens to also be a really good martial artist. It just happens to be, but extremely, um, extremely intelligent man and a thoughtful person. But you know that what he's saying is the truth. There's no, there's no questioning this, especially when you hear like where he's coming from in his background. Like it's not, he, he literally said, I've only, he can remember lying to his daughter once. And it was like such a ridiculous, like silly thing. He went back and he corrected it. It's like, you have this filter in your life. You can't help but show up authentic because mm-hmm. someone can say, how are you doing? And, and, and he even says, if people say, how are you doing? They're expecting you to say, I'm doing good. How are you? Even if you, you know, they're not expecting to hear a lecture on your bowels or whatever. You know? <laughs> but but uh, my point is, is when people ask you, you know, how are you? And you can go to the level and go, here's where I'm at. You open up a door that is closed to 95% of the populace. You know, they just never go through that door. And without that, you don't have empathy. You don't have intimacy. You don't have connection. And I don't think you can be, live fully alive. So that's a massive one. So you talk about haven't read it lately, but, I, but by all means, read Sam Harris's line. It will challenge you to the core on, you know, and also go, you go, man, Jesus Christ, I lie a lot. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like people just lie all the time. It's like, well, it's so easy to do. And it's like, and I, I wrote this whole long thing. I haven't posted it yet on the Facebook about how that's a, that's a major thing that I've been, been thinking about. Like how many times do you just not quite tell the truth for whatever reasons? And so imagine your life, if you had zero, zero hidden things, make this very clear. Not that you don't have things in private. Like I keep things private about my private life or whatever, but nothing that hidden from that, that you need to have hidden that. In other words, no skeletons in your closet, nothing that, you know, nothing there that those people show up differently. And that's how I endeavor to show up. And I'm working on it. I'm a work in progress. Um, I'm, I'm way better than I used to be at it. So I hope to be, hope to be up to Sam's level one day. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. I've, I've gotten, I've I've gotten the the slap from the societal hand for wearing my heart on my sleeve, and yeah. uh, you know, I get a good example of that. I was just I was just in Cape Town and you know South Africa and just, just driving, and and I did this video on heartbreak. I, w- I was you know, I'm I, I'm going through uh, through a breakup and uh, at the time, and I pulled over and I, I just fired up the camera. I said, "Yeah, heartbreak," and I just I just laid it all out there. Mm. And um, I guess the the point here would be that vulnerability thing, mm-hmm. especially as a man. Mm-hmm. How, how do you go about that? Do you just say, you know what? Screw it. Fuck it. Like mm-hmm. I'll just be vulnerable and I'll, I'll take the pressure. Is that kind of, oh, man. I, 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 this would be a whole other hour, but I, I would love to talk about this. That's what my book, Epic Love is called a deep dive into radical intimacy. I've been writing it for 
almost two years now. It's been the hardest book I've ever written because it's, it was inspired by the loss of my wife. Um, uh, when we divorced, it was the worst possible thing in the world for me. That was the, <laughs> my worst possible world. And learning forgiveness and empathy and understanding and, and how someone could leave, you know, someone that she was passionately in love with, uh, all those things had to be dealt with. Right. And, and I've always been pretty like strong and open about dealing with stuff like that. But when I started writing this book, I realized, man, I'm writing this to alpha males because I am one. And I'm also saying, you know, most alpha males I meet are pussies when it comes down to this stuff. They really are. They're cowards. And, and I've never appreciated that ever. Even when I was a, in high school, I, I just didn't understand like, why aren't you being more forthright with sharing how you feel or how you think even more to the point who you are inside the core of your being. It's like, like, Oh, I'm, I'm feeling sensitive today. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying, if you say something like, you know, when you said that I felt hurt, I'm curious where that hurt comes from. Do you want to explore that with me? That's not something most men will ever utter, right? But if you do, you're going to get underneath the core to yourself. Like, holy shit, I didn't even know that was there. And you're just getting stronger and stronger. So who is the, who is the greater warrior? The one that's just sitting there like stoic in the background and, or the one that's going to go, no, I'm willing to dive into those fires. I'm going to die at the altar. This is the hill I die on, man. And there's only a few of them. Freedom of speech is one of them. <laughs> That's definitely one of them. Uh, separation of church and state. And I would die for that. Uh, and um, this. And this I'd put above all of the other ones. I, I will die at the altar of epic love for sure. And, and to do that means that you, you lay everything on that altar. It's a continual process. And that is the bravest thing a man can do. Not that I, you know, I've done all the other stuff that you can think of that, you know, dove into shipwrecks and 180 feet of water and, you know, fought people in martial arts and football and bodybuilding and all that kind of stuff. And, and yeah, that stuff and built companies and all the stuff that a lot of alpha males do. Yeah. A lot of dick wagging. Got it. You know, <laughs> toured with rock bands. I opened up for David Bowie. I mean, I had some, some fucking cool stuff, you know, groupies. <laughs> um, all that stuff is nothing compared to stepping in front of 20,000 people is nothing compared to what I'm talking about for most people. For me, it's like breathing. And that's the thing I have to be honest. With. It's like one of the few things I'm naturally pretty good at um, is that walking into that intimacy zone. But for most alpha males, they fucking hate, they're just cowards at it. They can't do it. So I'm going to transitioning them from how they get that energy in other parts of their life and channeling that into intimacy. And once you do, it is, because uh, women are, I'm not saying all women can handle this. A lot of women can't. My, my ex-wife was one that she, she I, I broke her intimacy ceiling. I don't have one. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a freak of nature there. And she, hers was freaking sky high. Hers was way up there. She's an amazing woman. Uh, and still just to, just want to the epic love of my life. But, um, but man, to break through that, to know that you, to raise your intimacy ceiling, to raise your capacity to, to receive, you're going to blow people out of the water. You're going to show up in ways that, and say things that people just aren't used to hearing. So you're going to change the world literally one person at a time, change, change your surroundings one person at a time. And everything is going to mean something like the things that we acquire. I know I'm going over time here, but the things that we acquire in life, when, when we signed digital marketer, well, we didn't sign, we just had a verbal agreement, but, uh, um, it was a really sweet one too. <laughs> it was like, he's like, Oh man, Ryan just, he's like, Oh man, it was, it was cool. But, uh, um, when we did that, that night was, there was wine flowing. There was, you know, um, there's wine flowing every night, but there's more, more than normal. Uh, and we were just all on the moon, you know, and that feeling of on the moon, it's still there, but it's by nature. These, these feelings go down. The only way to keep that feeling on the moon is what I'm talking about is to dive into what I'm talking about here. 
And I had a marriage that was full of that. That was literally every day it was like this. And, and, and I'm going to have one again. Um, that is like, because that to me, there's nothing, nothing more. And there's also nothing harder than to go through because, because I won't settle for anything less than that, which is why I'm like picky about it. But, but the, so that, that or nothing. <laughs> man, that, that's, that's so beautiful. And there's such a great power to, to feeling that alive and experiencing yeah. life at that level. And, uh, it's also scary, right? There's also yeah. a lot of, of a lot of fear you got to tackle um, yeah. with that. I'm just saying, dude, at what point in that conversation would anyone like picture whoever you want to picture, come up to me and go, oh, dude, you're such a pussy. <laughs> what a cowardly thing. No one, even the most rancorous uh, old codger who's living in the South, maybe he wouldn't understand what I was saying, but, but no, no alpha male with an IQ over 110 is going to f- hear that and go, oh, if they're brave enough, they'll, they'll hear what I'm saying and they'll go, yeah, I get that. And when they do, it's amazing to see this happen because I've done this for years. I just have never written a book about it and, and see these people like melt yeah, and it's... different levels of emotion. So sometimes it's anger. Sometimes it's, sometimes they cry, sometimes whatever it is, but, but to be that present to your emotional state and to be that open to share that with another person in my case, and since I'm heterosexual, it's with a woman, um, to, for her to be able to match that and bring that, Oh God, there's just nothing on the planet that rivals that force. Nothing. It's, it's unbelievable. I mean, <laughs> so yeah, uh, my, my ex did, uh, she was a, she did a lot of journey work, uh, and journey work is, is slang in California for basically doing a lot of drugs, but uh, <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. I joke. It's like, it's like, no, 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 well, we're, open, we're open to that. And, um, yeah, you know, yeah. become, becoming one of the, with the universe and all that, that that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's all right. You know, I, I had my experiences with that. I, and it was wonderful and beautiful until it wasn't. And I'm done with that. Thank you very much. But she was to this for pretty much a, a part of her job. And she did it in, in just phenomenal, beautiful ways. I mean, she, the way that she could take women, especially through this journey. And, uh, I guess it was probably a year and a half into our marriage. And this one night where she were just, just a typical night. And, and when she's looking at me she's like, if this is like, I'm, I'm on DMT or something, this is like, it's like a, an out of body experience. Right. And that was nothing. The point is that we weren't doing anything unusual so that that's, <laughs> It wasn't like, oh, we were doing some crazy new tantra trick. That's not the point. The point is, is that that's the level that the brain can go to when you're open to being open. Absolutely. Open to being where we're at. And by the way, this will all make you, everything I'm saying, it may bounce right off. I know it's, I scares the shit out of my Christian friends, especially because I used to be, I was a youth pastor. So I was a youth pastor for a year. And uh, and that scares the shit out of people because going from youth pastor to atheist is kind of crazy. Uh, but, uh, but, but they hear the love in this, they hear where I'm, I'm not doing anything that's doing anything, but bringing people together. And I just want to love people, man. It's like, I, I love the whole love God, love people break down to things. And I got the love people thing. I'm, I'm working on that. That's the more, that's the one I'm really, I'm really focused on in uh, the God thing's a mystery, but, uh, the people thing is awesome. And I think that, that, uh, if we do this, we'll become better lovers of people. So absolutely. I that's think a, that's a probably way more than your audience ever wanted to hear. But. No, no, it's, it's huge. Like let, let's validate some of this stuff. I mean, let's talk about the work of Mike and Pollan and you know, how psychedelics mm-hmm. affect your brain. There's a lot of mm-hmm. uh, medical studies that are luckily getting approved now. And I, I'm excited to see that the audience is excited to see that. So mm-hmm. I, I think uh, evolving levels of consciousness is so huge. And one, uh, one thing that we resonate with really, really big, and I think it resonates with us is a lot of people look for magic in the wrong places, right? This, this idea of like, like the Harry Potter kind of reality of mm-hmm. like, find the magic. Well, life is magic. Like everything that you're talking about, that is literally the, the magic of, mm-hmm. of, of life. I mean, look at, 
this reality where the earth happened to be this exact distance from the sun and we get to be born and we get to experience things through this body that's that's infinitely complex. Yeah. I mean, if you handed me a blank slate for me to generate this reality in the, you know, the me version that me is, mm-hmm. um, you know, factoring out universal consciousness and all that, which but again, there's a lot to unpack. So <laughs> uh, we can, um, we could do a, a second one when you launch the book, happy yeah. to have you on. Um, it'd be great, and I'm though. a skeptic. So imagine the, hearing a skeptic saying all this stuff, like, like, I don't mind the universal, but, but I understand what you mean by that. Cause yeah. I think I, I've, I've been in that zone and I get what you're saying and I can see why people would call it universal and it may be. And so, but whatever that mystery is, it's really awesome. It's really intriguing, but yeah. Uh, oh yeah, there's a, there's a lot more underneath the surface. But my point is, is um, if I can cl- close with this uh, just for time, say sure. all of that stuff I just said is, is profoundly deep and all that stuff. And, and certainly if there are people that are, if there are lovers out there listening, people who want to say lovers, people who are t- attuned to that whole vibe of love, they're going to resonate with what I'm saying on a deep level. Um, Cause I've had these conversations for many, many, many years. Uh, when it's all said and done though, and this is the part that was the one thing that uh, if I could say was missing in my, in my previous, cause you can get attached to the, what you call magic. And, um, that's what happened not to me, but to my, my partner. And you get attached to that magic to where you, you long for something that's greater than what's right in front of you. That's never been me. The, like you said, and I think you said it beautifully, the real magic of the world is, isn't the Harry Potter. It isn't the fifth dimension. It isn't the conscious. It, it's, it's right here in front of us. There's so much juice and joy right here. And so I live by that ideal, but with the phrase chop wood, carry water, hmm. which is an, it's a phrase that uh, the old Zen masters used to tell their, their pupils when they said, am I enlightened yet? Chop wood, carry water. So that's a, there's a beauty to that that is transcendent. It's like, so our, our chop wood, carry water looks like right copy sell products, right? But it, whatever, or you know, go to the gym, train your ass off, whatever the case you're doing, you know? So we did, we live in that life and that's why um, the most, somebody said, <laughs> I'm going to, I got to swear to God, I'm going to close on this a long time. <laughs> I got 17 text messages. Sorry about that. Uh, somebody said, who was it the other day? I can't remember. Either this was a podcast or, or a friend. I, I think it was a podcast. <laughs> I get, I get some of this confused because these conversations kind of drift into each other. Somebody said, so uh, somebody asked a question that was like, um, we were, we were ragging on, I remember we were ragging on 50 shades of gray and ragging on how, just how banal and, and sophomoric that work was for, I couldn't even like, it was just, oh God, it couldn't, don't even get me started. I'm like, this guy didn't even score past first base for me, but, um, I'm like, let alone the, the, the ridiculously horrible manipulation going on there. But, but so it was just the atrocity of it being such a huge seller when, you can do stuff inside the intimacy circles that make that stuff look like going to Disneyland on kids day, you know, and, but you get the juice out of it because it's real. It's not some fictitious nonsense. You know? But so the guy in that context asked me, he goes, well, so, okay, be bold, share the most recent fantasy you've had. And he knew I would do it. I said, Oh, that one's easy. I was just at Whole Foods and I was coming out and I saw a couple that walked out to the, their SUV, you know, popped open the SUV. I was watching them. It was just just because I'm a love spy. I love spying on love. I'm looking at them and they're loading groceries and this thing. And then he just he just reached down and he just grabbed her ass just just slightly and just kind of pinched her. And she just like leaned into him like that and I said, "I want to go to Whole Foods with my lover like that." Yep. Now that sounds ridiculous compared to oh, I want to be tied up in a waterfall. No, this is what I'm saying. When you get this deep dive into radical intimacy, what I'm talking about, man, those things those moments are all around you all the fucking time. 
and they're there. Every single moment of it is like, oh my God. And that's what, that's what I've been able to create and wanted to help others. I'm not that people have done it longer and better than me, but I want to help others the best that I can with the things I've picked up with in this book. And so anyway, that's, that's my, my professional life. So yeah, that was my crazy fantasy. Cause, cause I mean, you know, I've, I've done everything you can think of. I mean, I'm rock band, just enough set. Right. <laughs> but yeah, cause that stuff, that stuff leaves you cold. Uh, the stuff that doesn't leave you cold is the stuff I'm talking about. I love it, brother. So I'm going to cut you off here for your sake or else, or else your product launch isn't going to happen. Yeah. Or else it will be hours and it's hours a, on end. It's a, it's a mental note. Do not ask John to podcast again. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I love it. Look, I'll, I'll be honest. My, my, as long as we want to go, I think, I think it's great. I think long form's awesome. I think people don't do this enough. I, I don't think people are vulnerable enough. I don't think people take the time enough yeah. um, to sit face to face. So uh, just my mm. heart goes out to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'll include all the links in the show notes. And uh, if there's anything else that comes to mind afterwards, if you want to add, uh, yep. reach out when you're done with the book, if you want to hop on, if you want to hop yeah, on the YouTube channel, um, any way that I can contribute to your cause, brother. Um, no, thank you. And, and I'll just say, if Joe Rogan is listening to this, I want to be on your podcast. That's one of my bucket list things. <laughs> GG, brother. All right. We're, uh, we're, we're signing off. All right. Have a beautiful rest of your day, sir. Yeah, you too. Thanks. Man. Cheers. It really is a revolution. Listen, uh, We've never wavered in that position. I believe it. We should strive to do things in his spirit. Everything you hold worthwhile is at stake. Beyond yourselves and ourselves. I have a dream. Freedom is indivisible. Uh, I took the initiative in creating the internet. There have come with incredible rapidity, one electrical arc after another. Still trying to get myself adjusted.